Welcome to the Manx Theatre Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to episode 33 of the Manx Theatre Podcast with me, Neil Callan. Thank you to everyone who's listened to our previous episodes. If you're brand new to the podcast, welcome along and thanks for joining us. In this podcast, we like to try and keep you up to date with what's going on in theatre on the Isle of Man and chat to the cast and creatives of upcoming shows to find out a little bit more about the shows and the people behind them. Coming up on this week's podcast... I chat with a few members of the cast of Parados Theatre Company's debut production of Much Ado About Nothing, which is playing at the King's Court Theatre from the 7th to the 9th of April. You can still listen to all of our previous episodes through all the usual podcast outlets and at manxradio.com forward slash podcasts. Whilst you're there, make sure to subscribe, give us a like, rate, and leave a little review and share with all your friends. Make sure you keep up to date with what's going on between episodes by following Manx Theatre Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram and at Manx Theatre Pod on Twitter. Well, it's been quite busy in recent weeks with three episodes dedicated to the Manx Operatic Society's production of Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street. It was a tough run for the Manx Ops as Covid ran rampage through the cast during Tech Week, which saw around 20 members of the cast, crew and orchestra, including five out of the nine principals, struck down with just a few days until opening night. Fortunately, with the help of the Villa Gaiety staff, they were able to push the show back a week. But with other commitments at the Gaiety, this meant that the run also reduced from seven shows to just five. However, the support from the Great Manx public saw standing ovations and full houses almost every night. With the cancellation of Ghost in 2020, less than a week before opening night, and lockdowns in 2021 preventing their plans for a number of A Night at the Musicals concerts, this was their first production since 2019's Les Mis, and something the committee were determined to produce. We look forward to their return in 2023 with Curtains, the musical murder mystery by Kandra and Ebb, when hopefully Covid will be a thing of the past. Right, down to business. Joining me today on the podcast from Paradox Theatre Company are producer and performer Charlie Williams, lead performers Peter Wicks and Lisa Smith. Charlie, Peter and Lisa, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hello. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So we're only two or three weeks away now from from the show itself. Yeah, Yeah. two weeks till get in and three weeks till the show, so it's... Blimey. Yeah. Exciting and nervous times at the same, in equal measure, yeah. Yeah. So Charlie, last time you were on was back in June last year. Yeah. When you and Alex came in to launch Paradox and indeed, and the idea of, of doing much to do about nothing, how's it? Uh, how's things moved on since then? Well, we've we've actually managed to put it together, which I think is um, it's good. You know, yeah, we've, we've we've been good on our word. Yeah. Um, we, you know, it's been going really well. We've put together, you know, through the through the if I can say the dreaded C word that is COVID. You know, keeping an eye on that, and and I know many shows uh, have have found it difficult through that period of time. But mm-hmm. I think that now we're coming out the back end of it. We've we've really done well to put together uh, a stellar cast, if I may say so, including the two esteemed actors to my left, um, <laughs> and <laughs> and we, yeah, we've 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 been very very happy with what we've managed to do um, to date, and everything that we wanted to achieve so far has come to fruition. So it's going great guns, and it's it's meeting your initial vision, yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, I mean, to, well, we have the. Uh, excellent David Dawson, who is directing the show, mm-hmm. who has his own wonderful and experienced vision, which I, we are very much deferring to him for. Yeah. But in terms of what Alex and I had in mind, we've had no problems. Uh, it's, it's been exactly what we wanted to do, and, and and the way it's been coming together is exactly what we were thinking of. I mean, if it's anything like his vision for Hunchback of Notre Dame, it's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And and I think he's you know 
I think it was very good for us that he he'd, he'd done that um, <laughs> to get strides because he'd done great stuff before as well. And then you know he he is he's brought a real fantastic flair um, to the show for us, and is is just great at being very clear. I think in mm. in, in what yeah. he wants and allowing the actors to move in that space, so to speak, but also mm. keep it on keep it on rails. Yeah, it's <laughs> wonderful at bringing these things together. I yeah. just love him as a director, having been directed by him in Blood Brothers in 2019. He comes straight into the first rehearsal, knowing exactly what he wants you to do, how he wants you to enter, enter, where he wants you to stand and look, and I'd like you to do this. And it's just, it's wonderful having a guide like that. And then, you know, as you go through the rehearsals and develop the characters, uh, he has these wonderful ideas for hmm. tweaking things and just making it, bringing it all out. Yeah. He's, he's fantastic. So yeah. I'm really pleased to be working with him again. Brilliant. So, Peter. Hey. You're someone that's new to me. I've I've never met yeah. you before. No, it's it's a bit spooky, isn't it? I've just kind of turned up out of nowhere. So are you are you new to the Manx scene or are you involved further afield and have got involved because you know Charlie and Alex or I no, I'm I'm completely new to the Manx scene. Um right. I actually I moved back to the Isle of Man, I think it was in twenty eighteen, but I lived here until I think about two thousand seven. And in that time, I was working in London as an actor. Yeah. So, um, so I've come back here, and I've not really done anything for a couple of years. I kind of thought, I've left it behind. Yeah. I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but then, it was really weird. I kind of saw, um, I think it was on Twitter, I saw a post uh, from Paradox just kind of announcing that they were they were starting up. Yeah. And um, I thought about sending an email. And bizarrely enough, at that very moment, I got this message from from David Dawson, who I've known since uh, since school. So we went to school together. And he just said, would you would you like to, you know, would you be interested in being involved? And I, I kind of ummed and ahed for yeah. weeks and weeks, just going, should I, shouldn't I? I don't know. I don't know if I can still do it. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, I kind of had that fear, just thinking, I, I've done that. I've done it all now. I came, I came to the Isle of Man for a, the nice, quiet, easy Isle of Man life. Yeah. Um, but no, I just went, hey, it's it's much ado about nothing. I've always wanted yeah. to, to do it. I just thought, hey, it's, you know, it's Benedict. Yeah. And I get to I get to play around with these amazing, just awesome creatives and yeah. cast members. So, yeah, it kind of just just yeah. happened. Brilliant. So were you were you a, a Balcomine boy then? I was a Balla boy. Yeah. 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 Were you in in bouncers then with with Dorsey and Ted? I, and... I wasn't. No, no. no. I, I I barely. That's the thing. It's so weird. I barely did anything at school. I I kind of I kind of got you know kicked kicked towards doing a couple of things. Like yeah. Sort of a couple of the the funny little musicals they did. But um, I I sort of did GCSE. Then I did A level. So I was doing A level drama with with Dorsey and. Uh, yeah, it was kind of from that point on with the the teachers at Bala, They're just they're just amazing. The yeah. drama department is insane. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just so good. But yeah, I, I never really thought about being an actor. It was the weirdest thing until it kind of came time to uh, to choosing whether to go to uni or go to drama school. And I kind of applied to a few drama schools just because I thought, hey, some people have said I might be able to do this. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's that kind of strange thing. Yeah. But I kind of I wanted to be a vet for a long time. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. But that that didn't really happen. So I like to pretend to be other things instead. <laughs> pretend so, uh, to be a vet. Yeah, pretend to be a vet. That's the that's the only reason I ever went to uh, I ever went to uni in the first place. I just thought if I can pretend to be a vet at the end of this. Yeah. That's it. That's Perfect. the one thing I want to do. But yeah, it was, it was kind of it kind of all did start at Bala, but in a very kind of subversive way. You know, I had teachers pushing me to do 
to do drama and um kind of kind of worked out in the end so which drama school did you go to um i didn't actually i, right. I applied to a couple of drama schools and again i had this weird freak out i, <laughs> I just thought am i going to be able to do this am i going to actually come out of drama school and you know be able to find a job be able to find work in this so i thought well I'll go to uni, I'll, I'll try uni, yeah. I'll, I'll study drama alongside something else. So I studied it alongside um, English language because I've always kind of loved linguistics and that's that's kind of my way in because drama, you know, it's all, yeah. it's all about storytelling and, and I love language, the power of language. So I thought, you know, that'll give me a backup, maybe, you know. I'm sure, I'm sure people have jobs yeah. with an English degree. Does that work? I don't <laughs> But um, yeah, so I, I went to Kingston University and... Uh, from then on, I kind of started falling into work. Yeah. I was incredibly lucky. Um, I managed to uh, go to the Edinburgh Festival with with my university. I had a couple of like my first like, professional theatre theatre roles during my final year, and um, yeah, it was, it was just kind of through through tutors there and through the people I was working with who managed to go off and form theatre companies, start producing their own work, and I just kind of wormed my way in and uh yeah kind of kind of worked from there brilliant well lisa now you've you're a, a well-known face for, for for several years now on on the manx theater scene both with the service players yeah. and and a few other societies as well i think as well haven't you yeah i started with service players in uh year 2000 gosh <laughs> someone sent an email around um ronson alliance at the time where i was working saying we need bodies for this play so a couple of friends and i decided to go along and did fur coat and no knickers look of shock on your daughter's face there behind you <laughs> <laughs> and there, yes and that and started from there and then the next thing i went for was uh helene hant for an 84 chair and crossroad and got that and and away I went, and I just loved it. Obviously, ever since, I never really thought about it at school. I did, I did, I think I did a little shop, a little shop of horrors, and maybe played buttons in primary school. But uh, it was just not something I ever thought about. I, I came to it as an ad, as an adult, and um, just absolutely, obviously, I adore it. And when I, when I heard Charlie and Alex do the podcast last summer and saying that you were going to do much different, nothing. Oh my goodness, I was so excited because yeah. I studied it at, at not university at A level, yeah. and I've just wanted to be Beatrice ever since. <laughs> just love. I just I've always loved the play, and yeah. uh, and I couldn't believe it when uh, when I heard that they were going to be putting that on. So. Shakespeare is an is an itch that many actors want to scratch yeah. at, at some point, isn't That's it? Right, and we haven't had a chance really. I mean, we have people coming over here occasionally to do to do with Shakespeare, but we haven't had a, an all island play for well uh, 20 years it was yeah. it was 2002 when we did the winter's tale yeah i was gonna say that's the last that's the last time that i'd seen a an on-island company yeah. do any shakespeare that's it yeah and, and that it's... was wonderful so i hope hopefully it'll be more often than ever, once every 20 years yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i think, be, I think <laughs> look at me across the room that's the plan hopefully yeah. that's the plan yeah so anyway for the people who don't know anything about much ado about nothing. What can you tell us about about the story without obviously giving away too many spoilers? Even though obviously the story has been around for all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I think that the and 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 jump in if there's anything I miss here. It's always difficult to try and give speedy abridged versions, and you sometimes miss out a big big chunk. But effectively, it boils down to there is a really Lisa and Peter's characters are the linchpin to the entire piece. That much ado is often referred to as. Benedict and Beatrice yes. um, yeah. as a secondary name and it's their battle of wits as it's called um, 
and then their eventual sorting out of that battle of wits. <laughs> it's not <laughs> that an usual love story. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it's not the usual love story. It's almost, it's almost the the original rom com in a certain way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah in a, in a lot of in a lot of ways. But they are uh, Beatrice is the niece of a gentleman called Leonardo, and Benedict is I play Don Pedro, and Benedict is one of Don Pedro's chums, if we say that, yes. who were soldiers. <laughs> and um, Don Pedro and and his soldier pals return from war. Leonardo says, oh, you know, you're friends of mine, come and stay at my house. And whilst they're there, as the normal way, people are all mixing together and uh, love blossoms. And um, Benedict and Beatrice are, when the show starts, they're not exactly the best of friends, mm-hmm. I think is the best way to say it. Mm. But they, throughout the play, a, a situation is contrived where my character tries to get them both to overcome their differences because everybody sees that really underneath there is something there between them. Um, whilst that's going on, my uh, errant brother, Don John, decides to try and undermine another wedding that's supposed to happen between Claudio, who's played by uh, the excellent Lorcan O'Mahony, and Hero, played by Dandy Dancox, and uh, effectively makes out that, that Hero is, is unfaithful and uh, it, it all goes a little bit wrong um, for them in the middle of the play. And uh, it's how that works out. But it's I think that's, yeah. that's a very abridged version. That is very uh, good. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's a I like standard it. rom-com. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's really a standard rom-com. But it's a very accessible play, yeah. I think, yeah. to people, especially for people who haven't seen Shakespeare or who think, oh, Shakespeare's not really for me. It's quite mm. dull and I don't, I don't really understand it. Much Ado's not one of you know it's not one of his difficult ones that you really have yeah. to you know really need a concentration and it's not an academic review this is yeah. a play that's meant to be enjoyed it's quite light-hearted mm. and it's one that it's funny yeah. and it's one that a lot of people i think know and if they know it you know they should come along and then they'll, they'll enjoy it and if they don't know it it's one to really start understanding shakespeare and mm. seeing shakespeare rather than just on the page mm. yeah I mean, with, with shakespeare there's there's three sort of real sort of brackets that they, they fall into there's the comedies there's the tragedies and the, the histories but yeah. this is this is firmly one of the comedies yeah. yes it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's nothing particularly tragic or historical happened to it um, but yes it's definitely in the comedy it is. In the it's just area. fun frothy it is. just yeah. fizzing yeah. it really crackles yeah. with, with energy as lovely well. bits of mistaken identity yes, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. You know the, the classic, the yeah. classic <laughs> Shakespeare jokes. <laughs> yeah. and throw a masquerade ball there in the middle as well. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. 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 Masks. have a little dance as well. We have a jig, <laughs> don't we? Dance. Yes, we're so we've really got good that. at that. We've got yeah. a lot of um, a lot of horrible insults that we throw at each other, oh, which yes. is which is great. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> I mean that's 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 another thing as well. I mean one of these things, and there's a lot of them that comes out of this show as well. Some of some of the most famous insults are actually being created by Shakespeare in a lot of his plays. <laughs> yeah. 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 Some of the best ones do actually come from much to do about nothing. Yeah. Yes. I've got one. I've got a calendar on my desk at the moment, which is just Shakespearean insults that somebody gave <laughs> me. <in Christmas. laughs> yeah. It's just every day I get it in some horrendous line from a play. <laughs> oh, that's nice. I'll keep. I'll keep that one. I might use that one in an email. Just <laughs> uh, <laughs> the passive aggressive sign off at the end. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Or maybe not quite so passive. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, to Peter, then um, mm. over the years, then in the, in the roles that you have played. Yeah. What would you say is your favourite role? Favourite role. Mm. This is very tricky. Um, I d- I've I've played so so many strange and uh, horrible horrible characters. <laughs> <laughs> but those are often the best ones. Aren't I'm, they? I'm often the villain. Yeah, yeah. I, I never get anything nice. I never get. You know, I I started to get kind of some nice roles towards the end of my time in London. Oh, yeah. But for most of the time, it was kind of murderers and psychopaths, <laughs> and really just just bad you people. Do, you are a little dodgy looking. I, I know, I know. That's the thing, and, it, and it's even worse now. Like I've got no hair now. And Back then, I had got, hair, and, you have and the, I've got an evil twirly moustache. So <laughs> it shouldn't be surprising. But um, my favourite. 
one I kind of really just I wanted to play for years just because I was such a, a fanboy. It was um it was Sherlock Holmes. I was kind of the probably most unlikely uh, Sherlock Holmes, but I, I did a tour of um, Hound of the Baskervilles. Oh wow! Um, and I kind of coveted the role of Sherlock Holmes for for so long. I was just auditioning and emailing them for it. Just going, come on, come on, just let me in. I think they wanted me to play John Watson for a bit as well. And I was just I, I wore them down until they let me play Sherlock Holmes. But we did this lovely little tour that started off in the in the gardens of Hever Castle. Mm. Um, which is, uh, I think it was Anne Boleyn's uh, former former residence. So we did we did it there, and then we kind of did a short little tour around the south of England. So we did um, Trinity Theatre, and we did uh, one in Guildford, kind of things like that. But it was just, it was Sherlock Holmes, and mm. it was my absolute dream just to just to play him. So, there was yeah. there was a production done here about. 10 or 12 years ago mm. of The Hand of Baskervilles at Peel Castle it was fantastic oh, it, was great. it was a bit of a bit of a, like, a promenade theatre so you Yay. started up in Marketplace yeah. and they had a bit of a scene there then you walked down and you joined them in the castle fold them around a few places That's and they really had cool. um, there's the lamp out on the moor yeah. and there was someone Peel halfway up Peel Hill oh, with, the, with, with the lamp it's like oh this is brilliant <laughs> Look, the hairs in my arms yeah. just going yeah. on end I'm just mm. thinking about it it was that's fantastic great. absolutely stupendous it that was wonderful yeah it sounds, sounds a lot better than my version which, uh, <laughs> I hope nobody's listening from it but we had a kind of <laughs> it was like a, a Muppet as the hound which kind of at one point just appeared from from behind this fireplace which scary. was amazing very scary absolutely terrifying this this Muppet with glowing green eyes at one point I had to climb uh, a little a little rock a tour which was actually made out of uh, duvets which <laughs> were pulled together with safety pins, uh, which was actually terrifying. I thought I was going to just tumble every night, but um, yeah, no, that sounds much better. A promenade one around Peel Castle with it was, the modern do and resident. It was dark as well, yeah. wasn't it? And it got cold, so then yeah. You know, I mean, the the dog, the hound itself may have been a muppet itself because it was yeah. dark. We couldn't really see. That's it. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's it's all about the lighting. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Lisa? What was your favourite role that you've played? I'm just sitting here <laughs> listening to Peter talking and trying and remember, keep remembering different roles. It's so hard. To yeah. pick one, I loved playing Abigail in The Crucible, but that wasn't my favourite play, although it was directed by the wonderful Michael Hoy. I loved playing Lady Croom in Arcadia, in Tom Stoppard's Arcadia. That was she was just so feisty and kind of spiky and sexy, and she was really she was really fantastic. Um, I just loved doing Sean Sternick's Marry Me, which we toured mm -hmm. around the island and then we made a film of. Yes, um, that was just, with Tom Kane, wasn't just it? Just me and Tom Kane, mm -hmm. you know, just a, a psychotic bride with a gun. Uh, <laughs> that, was really, that was really good fun. That one. <laughs> Toby tells an interesting story like that as well, actually. <laughs> Speaking of which, congratulations on your, your recent marriage. Thank you very much. Yes, lots of people will know me as Lisa Crichton. But now you're Lisa Smith. Now I'm Lisa Smith. Uh, you've also, not only just, just performing, but you also direct and you, you write yourself as well, don't you? Yeah, yes, I do. I've done a fair measure of... Uh, Yes, writing, directing, producing, all that kind of stuff over the years. Quite a bit of success at the One Act Festival as well. Yes. yes. In fact, you didn't you win an award at this this year's One Act Festival? <laughs> yes, yes, I did. I won. Uh, <laughs> I won Best Actress. So it was nice. Yeah. <laughs> and was the best at Paris Theatre. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. Was that was the was that one that you wrote yourself as well? No, actually, that was a Daphne Kane play. Oh yes, yeah. yes. She won. Uh, she wrote a dozen a dozen years ago. I think I remember. We rem I remember us. Uh, doing a reading of it ages ago and it just occurred to me um, sort of last autumn that we should do a Christmassy type play or, or an evening of plays so yeah. uh, so we did uh, Daphne's and then we did one of mine as well that's where I was getting confused <laughs> yeah yeah so we did Daphne's which was called the Nativity Play at the One Act Festival because that was much more festival worthy yeah uh, so yeah 
Um, and the other one was Christmas quiz, wasn't it? The Christmas quiz, which was just a bit of froth, and it was just silliness, really. Uh, everyone likes a Christmas. Everyone likes a quiz, don't they? A pub quiz. Yeah. So, um, so I just quickly put together a little play around a pub quiz at Christmas, and uh, just to because there's a little bit of a sad ending of Daphne uh, um, in Daphne's play, and I didn't want people <laughs> going home and slitting their wrists. <laughs> so, oh, let's do something fun, and funny in the second half. Uh, <laughs> but festivals, they do, adjudicators love all that stuff, don't they? Yeah. But I think we got best dra- dramatic moment for that end bit as well oh excellent so um yeah they love all that brilliant you're listening to the manx theater podcast with neil cullen so okay this this is a this is one of our fun questions I always like to ask this is uh our, our gender swap question quite often it's an easier question for the ladies than I wonder it is, why. Than it is for the There's div deeper issues here. <laughs> We're still but, trying to find out who did this. Yeah. So but, but obviously these days, though, there are more and more shows coming out that have, that have got good, strong female leads. Mm-hmm. And also, I, mean, and my, I spoke with this about um, with Gemma Varnum on the last episode, how just the whole the industry is is changing the way that it looks at things now and it is switching the, the roles around like with a, a re- recent production of company bobby became female i mean there are many productions now of hamlet with maxine peak where she's played hamlet instead and mm, yeah. and they're, they're switching the whole whole story around the other way and changing around the character so oh, yeah, yeah, pretty much everything's open people. these days yeah <laughs> so which part would you like most like to play of the opposite gender? Lisa, I guess you're ready to go first? Yes, I have thought. It was one of those things that occurred to me in the middle of the night. I would play Serrano de Bergerac. Oh. Yes. That's I watched uh, James McAvoy in the yeah. role um, last year. Well, no, probably a couple of years ago. Oh, it was so, it's just wonderful. I mean, I love the role. I, again, it's one I studied at A-level in mm-hmm. French literature. And um, I just just always loved that uh, character. I mean, he's witty and clever and kind and, you know, he's just brilliant. I'd I mean, to do that. I think probably everyone's first introduction to that probably is the, the 1990s film uh, Roxanne yes, with Steve Martin. Martin. Yeah. Fantastic one. Nose. In fact, I think there's a, I think there's a, there's a production out or, or a new film of it out. There now? is, with uh, Tyrion Lannister. What's yes, his name? Peter, oh, yeah, Peter mm, Dinklage. Peter yeah. Dinklage, yes. And so it's obviously it's not the big nose, it's the fact that he's a little he's person. A dwarf. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, so that looks really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, but what a character. I think yeah. he's just, I'd, I'd love to do all that. Um, a bit of fighting. You know, he's an excellent fighter as well. Yeah, yeah. He's not just cool and clever. He's, you know, he's uh, he's just, yeah, he's super cool. Sharp with his words and his sword. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Peter, how about you? Well, um, I had a long think about this because I don't, I don't think I shouldn't be taking any roles away from women. I just shouldn't be. I shouldn't be having my own roles anyway as a man. I, I shouldn't. I should not be doing any of that. But I did hit upon one. Um, I, I think I would make a killer Miss Marple. You, you know, I. You know what? That's all I've got. You know, it's Miss Marple or not? Detective theme going here. Absolutely, just all detectives. Yeah, Miss Marple. I like finding things out. I like discovering. <laughs> nosy. Nosy I'm, I'm a nosy person. <laughs> I love murder. Let's <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's Miss Marple. I, I I I had a think, and I just there's there's so look, women should have 
every single role in every single play. You know, I, I, I'm just I'm just so happy we're doing Much Ado, which has you know one of Shakespeare's greatest female characters in, and Lisa, oh, you're just so amazing as Beatrice, which is is wonderful. But oh. yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to take that. Maybe I'd be Beatrice as well. Actually, I'm taking yeah. Beatrice. I, yeah, I'll, I'll I go could for actually, that. I could actually Should play we Benedict. Yeah. Can we do that. We'll just do, do a performance. We just play yeah. the part. Yeah. We'll do one of the shows. We'll just swap them yes, around. Yeah. Please. Yeah. So yeah, Miss Marple or Beatrice. Let's Thank see you in my dress. I'd love to. I'd love to do that. Great. Okay. <laughs> 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 but just just looking at the cast list that you've got here, I mean, there there are some fantastic and and, and some well known players here. Obviously, there's yourself, Lisa, and Peter, and as Charlie mentioned earlier, we've got Lorcan O'Mahony playing Claudio and Dandy Dancock's playing Hero. Charlie, you're taking on Don Pedro. Yeah. We have Dave Shaw playing Leonardo, and John Walker playing your horrendous brother Don indeed, John indeed. the villain he is a good yes, villain yes yes, yes. and Sh- Sharon Walker as Margaret some fella called Toby Smith playing Baraccio yes, yes. yes. I yes. always like that with a bit of a Baraccio <laughs> Tony Eccles fantastic Tony Eccles playing playing Dogbury and Sam Turk as Conrad yes Conrad or Conrad Conrad, Conrad. Conrad we're going with and then uh, looking further down the list we've got Ben Gale we've got Howard Kane Kelly Firth Chris Jagus Oliver Sykes and Andrew Dayton filling up the, the rest of the, yeah. the smaller parts yeah. that's a fantastic cast I'm, yeah, really, I'm really looking forward to seeing yeah, it yeah we were, we were really happy with every, basically everybody we went to first time said yes yeah. I think as you say you know People want to have a go at Shakespeare. They want to mm. do something different. And what's really nice about this cast is it's a real cross-section of people who would normally do musicals and people yes. who would normally do straight dramatic pieces. And everyone is coming at it with the same gusto. And, and it's everyone's been brilliant. You know, I've, yeah. I don't really need to be in it, to be honest. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I just some scenes, I'm just stood there watching like Lisa and Peter go just at each other. I'm going, oh, this is great. And then I forget I'm actually supposed to be in the scene. <laughs> we'll have lines here. David's, yeah. David's there going, please act, Charlie. Please do some, <laughs> do some acting now. Um, but no, everyone's brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. I mean, uh, how's how's the lines come? Has it has it been mm-hmm. easy for you, or is it something that you've really had to to work with on the the? Uh, it's not so much iron big pentameter, really, is it's it? It's not. Oh, we, no. speak, we speak almost completely in prose, don't yeah, we? Yeah, we do. And it is easier yeah. to learn when it's iambic pentameter. Yeah. So yeah. much easier. I, mean, I do have maybe eight lines of, of verse, uh, and that yeah, again, the rhythm and the and the rhyme really helps mm. you to uh, to learn it. So yes, it's not been um, it's not been the easiest thing in the world. I had to I've had to record and listening to and people will see me driving around the island talking to myself <laughs> anyway, <laughs> even if I'm not learning lines. But uh, yeah, I'll be listening to my lines and talking along to them. That's that's how I do it. Yeah, yeah. over yeah. and over and over yeah. and over. Yeah. Repetition, so, repetition, yeah. repetition. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But there's, there are some great monologues in there as well, and, and mm-hmm. Benedict's is, is one of them as well. Mm-hmm. I did that for a drama school edition many oh, years lovely. ago. Oh. Yeah, I do much wonder. I do much wonder. Ah, <laughs> yes. it's such such a lot of fun. I totally ripped my performance off from Kenneth Branagh though from, oh, did from you? his film. Oh, good. Yeah, it's, it's all right. <laughs> you know, you can definitely just think, take take yeah. from Ken. Ken yeah. Ken's not a bad one to use. He's yeah. fine. He'll go far. Yeah, you know, I think he'll do very well. Yeah. Uh, no, it has been. I think. I think the learning the lines has been the biggest thing for people with this because it's. It's not that the language is so massively foreign. There's large portions of it that's very easily understood. It's just because where there are older lines, you can't slip in. Yeah. You know your own. Uh, it's more difficult things to paraphrase because, it, because yes. it does. It changes yeah. the meaning of of, of the sentence or the all yeah. of the, all of the verse. So you, uh, that's been the main thing, and it means that you know it's it's everybody has said that. That, that but it's been a challenge that everybody's taken you know grabbing both hands and everybody's mm. basically completely off book now yeah and is you know we're, we're all you know getting in the space and, and i'm starting to now 
I'm worried I'm going to start speaking in Shakespearean English, <laughs> yeah. in just general life. Forsooth. Uh, yes, indeed. Yes. Um, yeah. But it's, uh, no, it, it's, it's, just, it's just a new challenge for people, and I yeah. think that's what people wanted. You know, that's yeah. what, what the yeah. actors wanted, and they're really enjoying it. Yeah, but it's like that one with with having just done Sweeney Todd with the sun time that you know everything's in there and the reason and there's a pattern mm. and the thing you know and if you try and stray any away from that you just you, you yeah. can't get back to it yeah. either. it's really yeah, yeah, no, a struggle yeah. mm. getting close then to costumes are we have we got costumes yet we, we have got costumes hopefully soon we've actually had we've had like a whole photo shoot like Vogue um, yeah. so we're hopefully going to soon have in the next week or so some photos will start appearing on social media Brilliant. Kelly Perth who is in the show herself as Ursula is, is also a wonderful uh, wizard with technology she is, she's she's been fantastic. doing a lot of our uh, marketing bits and pieces and, and she's put together some great uh, bits with the photographs so people will start seeing glimpses of what the, what the costumes are and those are provided by by the wonderful uh, Judith Fullerton Jude who um, Fullerton sorry uh, who uh, is involved in so many shows on the island yes she did Hunchback she's I think she's she was on Sweeney Todd she was on Sweeney Todd yeah I think I think basically Jude's now just the go-to largely the go-to person <laughs> And so, uh, she, you know, we can't just be- just had to give her the remit and say this is our sort of idea. This is we're yeah. doing quite classic, but not so. And then she just went, "This is what I've got," and we went, "That's perfect, yeah. great." Yeah. Um, and yeah, so they are. And I think everyone looks rather dashing and, oh, and yeah. oh yeah, definitely beautiful yeah. in their yeah. costumes. I think oh, I wanna, I'm going to try and keep yeah. mine. I think. Yeah. <laughs> so is it set set period then, or have you made it a little bit more contemporary? Uh, no, it's 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 not it's not we've not done anything too crazy with it. So we've ke- we've kept it because we wanted with this one we wanted to do it. Uh, in a way something that would be familiar to the audience yeah. so we wanted to keep it reasonable we've not gone completely classic there's not massive roughs and yeah. you know you know, really tight tights or anything like that uh, but it is probably more if you've seen the Ken Branner film the 1993 I think it is film yeah. it's kind of in that vein so right. it's it's reasonably classic but it's also quite relaxed at the but same it's, time it's Italy it's exactly. warm you don't yeah. want tights and roughs no, and no it's not no. so it's it's um, you know we've, we've the men have all got some rather dashing waistcoats yeah. and lovely um, waistcoats yeah, great and great belts right, yeah, ah, yeah, good so, swords yeah, good swords as well the the ladies, yeah the ladies have got beautiful yeah. dresses so it's all you know it's all quite nice and classic mm-hmm. really yeah, yeah. okay with, with that in mind then what are the best and worst costumes that you've had to wear over the years I'm sure P- Peter's laughing so yeah. I'm sure he's probably got some corkers there so go on then Peter you go first I've, I've already thought of my worst costume yeah absolutely well I did I did a tiny I did a bit of work for a children's theatre company for a couple of years um, yeah it's just immediately it's really, I know this is going to be something yeah, it's, immediately it's be, sounds low budget so. it's going to be absolute oh it's, they're a great company they're yeah. such a brilliant company but we had this job um, I think it was for Staines Council um, and it was a it was a kind of Christmas walk around Staines, right. which already sounds incredibly appealing. Immediately, so, I'm picturing Ali G. Absolutely. So I was Ali G. No, uh, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, just my man. <laughs> that would be good though. Christmas mankini. Ah, oh, no. Holly. <laughs> no, I had to um, for for the start of the walk. I had to I had to stand by a roundabout in the middle of Staines in the rain and uh, it was just grotesque but i was wearing i was wearing a rudolph the red-nosed reindeer onesie <laughs> and um <laughs> with you know this this really rubbish like red nose just just stuck on, on my face with a bit of flimsy elastic and i i was standing there just waiting for the for the tour to come through for most of it so yeah. when they came through it was, i was chatting for about two minutes and then they would go and that was me done but i was standing there for about half an hour waiting and you know various various old gents who uh, had probably been in the pub quite early, you know, were coming up and having having a chat with me, 
thinking I, I needed help. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's definitely it. This tatty old uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer onesie was in, in the cold and the rain. Nice. So, yes, it was good. So that's the worst one, yeah? That's the worst one, I think. I think, yeah. Lisa? Um, I mean, I've had lots of wonderful costumes over the years, but nothing that really stands out apart from... Um, I played an act bot in Comic <laughs> Potential in, uh, oh God, a, such a long time ago, 2001, so I was, right. I was in my early 20s, which is a good thing because this particular outfit that I remember was just a transparent bag, it was just a bag, uh, because I'd was I was I, I'd been stolen from my studio and by uh, the person that was in love with me, and they were trying to get me out of my little nurse's costume that I'd worn for my soap opera days, and uh, so they were trying to put me in, and I'd gone to a clothes shop and thought that this bag that, that went on, you know, that clothes came in, yeah. was, uh, was was an outfit that was was wonderful, so I come on stage just wearing a little transparent bag over, over not much, and um, yeah, so just a transparent transparent little piece of plastic. Can I ask a question? What, what, what is an act bot, Lisa? Well, uh, I think it's almost self-explanatory. <laughs> it's, it's a robot that that is just created for acting purposes, for the Good. purpose of a long-running series. They don't have to employ, in this Alan Akebourne comedy, mm. they don't have to employ uh, actors anymore, they just have act bots. Gotcha, gotcha, um, okay. Mm. Like Steve McFadden, or Phil Mitchell in EastEnders, who is also a robot. I Possibly, think. Yeah. I think he is, he's a robot. Robot. Apparently so. Yeah. Okay, Pid, what about the what about the best costume that you've had? Um, best costume. Uh, <laughs> I was I was in a show a couple of years ago called uh, called the Awkward Ghost, which was about a, a bloke who lived in an apartment on his own. He didn't realise he had four ghosts living around him. It was written by this amazing comic writer called David K. Barnes, and um, there's one scene in it where I had to go to bed um, wearing very little. So what I what I actually had on as I took off the uh, the dressing gown was a pair of a pair of boxer shorts which had a a chili pepper on the the front mm. area mm. wearing sunglasses and I think on the back of the boxes it said hot stuff mm. so I was just standing there for, for for about a good ten minutes this was I was I was wearing just these these boxer shorts with a. Uh, sunglasses wearing chili pepper on the front um, and that was absolutely the best costume I've ever I've ever got to wear brilliant thank you I feel like we've missed a trick with this one. yeah <laughs> right. so, I think I've still got them oh, well, yeah. I last, can bring last them minute costume change for Benedict yeah. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> Lisa is, is there a best one for you no that was my best and worst <laughs> <laughs> that, that, you know, that's often the case I mean we had uh, people in before and, and uh, I think Lorcan we had him on, on a previous one and when we did uh, Spamlot back in 2019 <laughs> there was one number that was set at the <laughs> at the Camelot YMCA uh, and it was uh, Lancelot's big coming out number <laughs> and myself and Lorcan and a couple of others were in these skin tight rainbow leggings and lycra top oh, with fluffy big pink boots yeah. and a studded hat cat it was Wonderful and horrendous at the it's same great. time. I'm picturing it right now. It's wonderful. I <laughs> it love it. Was good. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, oh. and, and Ian as well. Ian uh, Ian Dixon, mm. who played Shrek. He said the costume was just amazing, but at the same time, because there's so many layers and the padding oh, and yeah. the makeup, mm. and it was just the sweat inside yeah. was horrendous. Oh, but you know, yeah. it was fantastic. It's amazing how many times people come on and actually, the the best and worst costume was actually the same one. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You're listening to the Manx Theatre Podcast. Okay, so I think now is probably the time where you all get a little bit nervous 
<laughs> and we move over to what is is becoming a quite a, a popular part of the show, which yeah. is the uh, the how much do you know about the show that you're doing? So this is our my little much ado about nothing quiz. There are ten questions. Just make sure I had written ten. There are ten questions. Some are really easy. Some might be a little bit more tri- tricky. And some might depend on how much attention you've been paying during your rehearsals. Oh, oh so much. I have really this set is... myself up over by saying I stopped <laughs> at A-level as well. Yeah. Walk oh, in the park. Yeah. It'll right. be fine. Okay, first question. Really easy. And if it's if you don't get this one, I think you probably need to leave the, the building. Oh. Who wrote Much Ado About Nothing? Oh, who was it? Uh, Charlie, do you know? I think it was me, wasn't it? No, I think no, it was no, you. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it was, of course, Mr. William Shakespeare. Correct. Oh, him. Oh. Well yeah. done, you can all stay within the production. Uh, thank you. Good. Yes, excellent. You can do the remaining questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question two. Where is it set? So are we allowed to say Messina? Yes, you that is. Yes. It is Messina. Yes, it is. Oh, yes. Phew. Yes. Oh, we say it enough. Yeah, it's yes. Messina. Messina. Which, Which is, is in Italy. Yes. Where well, about Sicily? Sicily. Sicily. There we go. Yeah. Oh, oh, is it Sicily? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's a coastal town. It's completely changed. I mean, obviously, my you, we won't. It'll be difficult to replicate the heat, I think, but yeah. we'll try. Get <laughs> <laughs> some heaters at the side. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay, question three then. The first production was performed around 1598, mm. but which company performed it? Oh, was it the was it the the Lord King. Chamberlain's men or it something? It was, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Good stuff. Well done, Charlie. Okay. All all right so far, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Question four. There have been many ap- adaptations on film, but the nineteen ninety three movie version, mm-hmm. directed by Kenneth Branagh, is probably one of the most famous ones. Who played Don John and Don Pedro? Oh, I know this. Oh, I, oh yeah, well, that I, Don yeah. Pedro was Denzel Washington. Indeed. And Don, mm-hmm. John, and Don John was Keanu, Keanu Reeves. It was. Hilarious. Yeah. Who'd have thought Great. Keanu Reeves oh. in Shakespeare? I know. It's a beautiful well, performance. I think he got a bit lines. of stick, didn't he, for that? He because did. Because he was doing... Denzel just did his own accent, yeah, but Keanu yeah. kind of did a bit of an English he, twang he did, on it. He was doing think, something. He yeah. was definitely yeah. attempting something. Yeah, he was trying to do it a bit. I thought he did quite... I quite enjoyed it. good. Yeah. all right. Similar to his Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, yeah. Another Keanu. Yes, that was another one I think he got with the... I mean, John Wick, he's great in John Wick. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Always forgiven yes. for John Wick. Yeah. yeah. Okay, question five. Now, this one might be better better suited for Peter. Oh, no. Name three attributes that Benedict is looking for in a woman. Oh, oh. ah, yes. I know this. I know this. Okay, so she's got to be She's got to be fair. Mm-hmm. She's got to be, you know, good looking. Well, yeah, fair. Look I won't look on her. <laughs> she's got to be wise. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, no, no thanks. No way. She's got to be virtuous. Virtuous, or that's I'll such learn. an important or I'll none. Yeah. I'll never cheapen her. There you go. Fair, virtuous, and the other one I said, which was wise. wise. Yes. Yeah, there we go. You could also have rich, virtuous, oh, yes. mild, noble, noble, of good discourse, yeah. and an excellent musician. An excellent yes. musician is, is he doesn't want important. for much really. No, I think no, it's no, no, look, you've got it. It's not settling, are you? <laughs> and for vo- bonus point, what colour hair? Ah, oh, what colour? God decides. Please, pleases God. What, what pleases, pleases God? God. Yeah, 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 it's fine. Whatever color pleases God. Yeah. yeah. Who <laughs> is the father of Hero? That is Leonardo. Indeed. Indeed. Full house so far, people. Yeah, yeah, this is going all right. <laughs> uh, what is the name of Balthazar's song? Sign no more. Sign no more. Yeah. This is going really well. And do you have music for that as well? I mean, we will have, have that. To, that will be sat. Yes, that will. That we will. Have you had to make up the tune for it, or is it? There's is different there a... versions. We found that the, mm. no one's really settled on like this is the tune. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we should write it and then copyright it and put it out yes. as a single. Um, but I think that yeah. So there's different versions. So we're playing around with it. But it will. It should be all being 
fingers crossed and touching wood should be played live yeah um, in the show as well so there will be there's actually a free concert so people should come for that yeah. as well <laughs> as well as us being really accurate with our with our trivia knowledge indeed you know that's yeah. the thing yeah, yeah. Mm. okay uh, question number eight who whilst disguised at the masquerade ball woos hero on behalf of claudio oh that's me isn't that's it you, that's me don yeah. pedro yeah. correct yeah. right question number nine hashtag spoiler oh, oh. As the villain of the piece, the illegitimate brother of Don Pedro, Don John, seeks to ruin the wedding of Claudio and Hero by telling him she is disloyal and arranges for Claudio to witness Hero seemingly in a romantic embrace with who? With Mr. Smith. Bar- indeed. Baraccio. Baraccio. Correct. Indeed. And then the final question then. What is, or was, Benedict's nickname for Beatrice? Oh, uh, we know this. You know this. Yes. Lady Disdain. Is it Lady Disdain? Lady Tong. Lady oh. Tong. Oh, I do say Lady oh. Tong. Oh. Nine out of ten. Oh, oh. almost a full house. Almost a full house. I got yeah. Lady. I think that's, that's half good. a point. I think <laughs> nine and a half out of ten. <laughs> All right, I'll give you a half. <laughs> yes. Yay. <laughs> right, so, well, well done with that. Thank you. That's good to show yeah, you have been paying attention. Know, yeah. That's good. And that we're competent enough to put the show on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so, talking to the show then, go back to the show then. Um, tickets. Yeah. How, how, is, how is ticket sales going? Ticket sales are going well, yeah. So, I think, you know, we are still very much wanting to get bums on seats. So, you know, get you can get tickets online. You can either get them from King's Court Theatre's uh, website directly. Yep. Uh, or you can get them from www.paradostheatre.im uh, so that's where you can get them as well because we've got a link and Paradox is P-A-R-O-D-O-S P-A-R-O-D-O-S Paradox Theatre Paradox Theatre I-I-M oh crikey brilliant it's the 7th to the 9th of April just a reminder 7th to the 9th 7th to the 9th of April King's Court King's Court Isle of Man in Castletown yes in Castletown brilliant okay so we're almost there ah yes the Spotify playlist. Mm. So now, Charlie already did this I've when he my, came in with Alex oh. last time around. It was so hard. <laughs> <laughs> so back in oh, I think it's 2020 now, um, after the first lockdown, we set up our playlist and myself and Neil King, who was the other presenter of the show at the time, we added 10 songs in each to get it started because, you know, he wants to listen to a playlist with two songs. Yeah. And then ever since then, every guest that's come onto the podcast has picked their own song to add onto the, the, the playlist. And and give us a reason why i mean these are all songs that either we have performed there's something that they've they've they really mean something to us or they're just songs that we really really like so looking back at the list which is getting quite considerable now yeah. of the people that you will know tony eccles chose when i grow up from matilda dandy dancox chose what baking can do from the waitress lorcan chose if only you would listen from school of rock and charlie chose from now on from the greater showman so who wants to go first peter yeah Peter, I'll, I'll do this. I'll what's, do this. What's why your not? What's your addition and, and why? My addition is because my my knowledge of musical theatre is so so poor. You know, it's embarrassingly poor. And I look at this list, I think oh, I don't I don't know what this is. Um, I've actually chosen something that I that I just loved as a kid, loved and terrified me in equal measure. When I was a kid, my my mum gave me a, a double cassette of Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds uh, <gasps> musical, which <laughs> which which is great. It's this is this incredible kind of prog rock, you know, mm. synth heavy synth heavy album with singing Martians, you know, the the whole the whole number. So I'm going to choose from that. I'm going to choose Forever Autumn. Oh, uh, yeah, it's just oh, you know, it's so such a good, good. song. Oh, that's 
a really good choice. Yeah. Well thank done. you, thank you. I, and I'm choosing it because it's actually it's one of my mum's favourite songs as well. Oh. And seeing as it's nearly Mother's Day, I'm going to I'm going to go with that because it will make my mum very happy. Oh. I think Peter has won the go. podcast. I've no. won the podcast. <laughs> there you go. Well, no, no, no. I don't know. We'll have to see oh, what Lisa's really is. Good yes. Choice. Sorry, Lisa. Oh. Right, Lisa. Follow that. Yeah, I'm very. That are very similar to Peter. I don't like musicals very much <laughs> at all. Um, very, very few musicals, uh, and they're generally the ones I grew up watching, you know, and uh, over and over again on VHS, like Annie, mm-hmm. Grease. Actually, just those two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on constant repeat. <laughs> I've liked, I've liked The Greatest Showman. That's the, the one that I've, I've most recently liked. And then I went to watch Come From Away in New York mm. uh, when Mr. Smith took me uh, in 2019. And I really enjoyed that one, which is unusual for me because I, the songs are really great. In fact, someone's chose the song that I was going to choose, which is Me in the Sky. Yes. I think that's, that's a beautiful one. Absolutely wonderful. But I think I'm going to choose... Yeah, it's tricky. I think I'm. Go- you haven't got Annie on no. this playlist, which is obviously folly. So I'm going to have to, instead of choosing, I was going to choose Welcome to the Rock from A Cover from Away because it's the Isle of Man and it's a really good opener. But I'm going to choose Little Girls from Annie mm. because I do, I've always really loved Miss Hannigan. Quite fancy playing it. I was going to play, actually, I was going to choose the one that you did in Annie Charlie, which Easy was Street. Easy Street, which yeah. is also a phenomenal song. Mm-hmm. It's just such a cracker. But uh, I'm going to go with Little Girls because um, because I I do sympathise. I mean, uh, children in general. I have just to say that at least children are behind us <laughs> in the studio at this time. <laughs> and not, not looking yeah. at all uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Well, those are two wonderful uh, additions to our our playlist, and we'll we'll get them added up straight away. So, from here then, what's next? And obviously, we've still got to get much to do about nothing yes. out of the way but we, we we have we have got i think probably alex and i will be, will be in touch soon i think to announce mm-hmm. something i don't think we're quite ready to announce it just yet okay okay but we have probably got the next thing in the pipeline already mm-hmm. that we have an idea nice. of um and so you know watch this space i think well, in the next few weeks there might be some noises coming out of the woodwork from us as to what the next one's going to be so I can probably say, I think it's safe to say, for the moment, we're sticking on a theme. I think that's probably the closest thing I can probably say. So another one of Bill's, then? Potentially. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Marvellous. Right, so, uh, much ado about nothing, then. It's at the King's Court Theatre from the 7th to the 9th of April, uh, and you can get tickets from the King's Court Theatre Direct or from www.paradosetheatre.im. Charlie, Peter, Lisa... Thank you for coming along. I wish you you all the very, very best for the show. Wonderful. Thank Thank you. 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 Speak again soon. Cheers. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Manx Theatre Podcast with Neil Cullen. So last weekend saw Centre Stage Productions hold the auditions for their September 2022 production of Grease. The cast list has now been released, and I can tell you that in the T-Birds, we've got Jack Divers playing Danny Zuko, Casey Crane playing Kinnicky, Alex Maxwell playing Roger, Ross Anguin playing Doody, and Ben Gale playing Sonny Lattieri. In the Pink Ladies, we have Leah Carter playing Sandy, Jordan McCormack playing Betty Rizzo, we've got Megan Walker playing Marty, Grace Hoodless playing Jan, and Molly Bowman playing Frenchie. Other lead roles include Charlie Williams as Johnny Casino, Sophie Lancaster as Patty Simcox, Andrew Dayton as Eugene, Holly Bradley as Chacha de Gregorio. We also have David Lyons as Teen Angel, Carrie Hazeel as Miss Lynch, and the podcast's very own Neil King as Vince Fontaine. 
So that looks to be a pretty impressive cast, and we look forward to catching up with them later in the year. Also, other news that has come to light this week is that Sam Barks will be filling in for Elaine Page on her Elaine Page on Sunday show for the next five weeks. Her first show was last Sunday, and she'll be on for the next four weeks, so let's listen in to Sam and see what she has to say. Since our last episode was recorded, the What's On Stage Theatre Awards have been presented, and Frozen, starring our very own Samantha Barks, was nominated for 12 awards, including Sam for Best Performer in a Female Identifying Role in a Musical. And Frozen picked up seven of them. Sadly, Sam wasn't a winner on the night, but she did perform Let It Go as part of the evening's entertainment. The nominations for the Olivier Awards were also announced last week. Frozen has a couple of nominations, but the majority of the awards categories appear to be dominated by the revival of Cabaret at the Kit Kat Club Playhouse Theatre, starring Eddie Redmayne and Jesse Buckley in the lead roles, Anything Goes, starring Sutton Foster and Robert Lindsay, and Back to the Future, the musical, starring Ollie Dobson as Marty McFly and Roger Bart as Doc Brown, which, as a massive Back to the Future fan, is one show that I really, really, really need to see. So with that, we bring episode 33 to a close. Thanks once again to Charlie, Peter and Lisa for joining me on the podcast and we wish them all the very best for Much Ado About Nothing, which is running at King's Court Theatre from the 7th to the 9th of April. If you haven't done so already, make sure to get your tickets now from the King's Court Theatre or from www.parodostheatre.im. That's P-A-R-O-D-O-S theatre.im. Remember to like and follow our social media pages to get notifications of upcoming episodes and events. Don't forget to check out our Spotify playlist by searching for Manx Theatre Podcast, all one word, under playlists. If you have any events that you'd like us to talk about or promote in a future episode, you can contact us through our social media accounts or by email to manxtheaterpodcast at gmail.com. All that remains is for me to say thanks for listening and I hope you join me again next time on the Manx Theatre Podcast. I've been Neil Callan. Goodbye. The Manx Theatre Podcast, taking a look behind the scenes of Manx Theatre. Men actors alive for me.